Welcome to the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast brought to you by Keep Playing Baseball. This is your host, Ethan Gavon, coming to you from Sacramento, California. Keep Playing Baseball is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to helping every high school baseball player navigate the recruiting process and play college baseball. At Keep Playing Baseball, we don't think money should dictate college baseball opportunity, and all our resources, including this podcast, are 100% free. No signups, no fees, no strings attached. We use the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast in many different ways, but the main point is to get you the information you need to keep playing baseball. We appreciate you tuning in to the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast, the best source of recruiting information on the go. What's up, guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the College Baseball Recruiting 101 podcast brought to you by Keep Playing Baseball. On episode 29, we're excited to welcome Christine Ho to the podcast. Christine is a learning specialist coordinator at UC Berkeley and has been working in academic support services for student-athletes for seven years at Cal. Ho also works as the Athletic Studies Center liaison with the Disabled Students Program and supports student-athletes in a variety of ways. This includes time management, organization, reading, writing, test-taking strategies, note-taking, and learning strategies through individual weekly meetings. She leads incoming skills assessments for new students at Berkeley to measure learning styles, strengths, and areas of concern and creates learning plans for students based on their academic needs and personal goals. She brings with her a wealth of knowledge working with student-athletes in the academic realm, and we're super excited to pick her brain. This episode, Ho will walk you through the questions that you should be asking in the recruiting process, as well as what you need to do to make sure that you're getting the support you need when you're on campus. We also take a deep dive into what you need to do if you're a student-athlete with a learning disability to ensure that the programs that you're considering have the support that can help you be successful when you get to campus and that you can get the accommodations that you need. So without further ado, I'm excited to welcome Christine to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Christine, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. No problem. It's good to be here. Yeah, so you have a a long history of working with college athletes. So why don't we just jump right into it and have you start off by telling us about your history working with college athletes and how you came to be a learning specialist coordinator at Cal Berkeley. Sure. Um, so when I was in college, I my job in college was to be a writing tutor for non-student athletes. So I did a few years of that in college, and then I went to grad school to get my master's in education. And that's when I began working at a center for students who had ADHD and learning disabilities. And I also started working at the Center for Academic Support for Student-Athletes. So I started that in grad school, and then this job opened up at Cal in 2012, where it combined support for student-athletes with support for students with ADHD and LD. And I applied for the job and went for it, and that's, um, that's where I got my start. And you've been at Cal ever since. Yes, I've been at Cal ever since, so I'm coming back, coming up on seven years. 
And full cool. disclosure for our listeners out there, when I was a graduate assistant baseball coach at Cal, that's when we first connected and crossed paths. So mm-hmm. um, it's good to connect on the podcast and definitely going to use you as a resource. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. So we have put out a series of articles about academic support at the college level, particularly for um, you know people who want to play baseball in college. And there's a lot of different roles in academic support. So let's start off by just kind of breaking down some of the different roles that, that people might hear so there's no confusion as we go through the rest of the podcast. Yeah, so definitely. Um, most universities will have many different staff for the academic support center and the two roles that a student athlete would interface with the most is probably advisor or learning specialist and the advisor is the person who you would see to help you plan your classes and move towards um, move towards graduation every semester so they're looking at the big picture I I explain it to people as if um, they're looking at it from the airplane, looking down at the whole city, whereas a learning specialist is uh, helping a student athlete with the day-to-day stuff. So we're looking at a semester specifically. So if a student is enrolled in three courses, I'm going to be helping them to understand uh, what are the expectations for those courses and what are the skills needed to do well. And I would help the student with that. Um, The interesting part is that when I started working at Cal, we, um, I was one of the first learning specialists. So we didn't, we didn't have learning specialists before that time, or we kind of had them, but it wasn't a a position dedicated to that type of support. Um, So for students, for high school, high school recruits looking at colleges, I would definitely ask if they have learning specialists because everyone is going to have an advisor. Not every, not every um, university will have learning specialists. Yeah. So that's an important distinction for people to make. And when they're talking with coaches to understand the different roles between the specialists and the actual advisors who are just helping with signing up for classes and that type of thing. Definitely, because the advisors, I mean, that is going to be really helpful because based on what your goals are in college, they're going to help you meet them. Um, but a learning specialist or any any type, so it might be called another name. Normally, it's learning specialist um, or academic specialist, but these are the people who would be working with you one-on-one um, to help you build the skills or to just kind of help you organize if you already have the skills. It's just an extra resource. Um, whereas your advisor, you you wouldn't see them as regularly as a learning specialist or a tutor or an academic specialist. So that would be more just beginning of the semester when you're enrolling for classes, maybe checking up exactly. once a semester or so to make sure everything's going okay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So it's, yeah, it's funny because I think people, the student athletes I work with, at first when they get here, they are, the distinction isn't clear for them. And they, they see us all as doing the same job. 
um, which makes sense when you first get somewhere, you don't really know, but then slowly they realize that um, advisor is helping with big picture planning, class enrollment, eligibility too, to make sure um, you're on the right track for that. And then learning specialists is more skills-based and helping you with the day-to-day stuff. Gotcha. So, you know, we've talked about this stuff before and you've mentioned that the resources for student athletes, academic support can be pretty different from university to university. So in your opinion, you know, having seen it all, what types of questions should high school recruits and parents be asking about academic support and resources when they're visiting schools and talking with coaches to decide if what a school has is, is right for what they need? Yeah, sure. So, um, I would certainly, I would certainly ask about if they have learning specialists, because that's, that's one thing some universities don't, um, some universities have advisors who part part time are doing learning specialist stuff, which is great, but that's that's going to be harder because you as a recruit, you as a student athlete, will not have like access to a full time career learning specialist. Right. Um, so it's definitely it's important to ask about that. But even if they don't have learning specialists, that's okay because they might have really skilled. Um, Tutors. At, for instance, at Berkeley, we have graduate tutors. So they're graduate students who have already graduated college. They're in a master's or a PhD program, and they're doing similar work as us, as us learning specialists. So whatever the name is, you want to you wanna ask, like, what support is, what support is available to me for the day-to-day or the week-to-week? Okay. Because you're, that first semester or that first year, I mean, that's that's where you're going to need it probably the most. Um, and many universities have a tutorial program as well where you can sign up for a tutor. And I would ask, um, do, you, do you have access to work with tutors one-on-one or are tutors always doing group sessions? Right. And you also want to ask yourself, how do you best learn? Do you best learn one-on-one or with a group? Um, So I think just asking about what tutoring and or skills development or skill support is offered um, from the school. And then um, I would also... To be honest, this this is not a question, but like check out their website and see what off what resources are offered right. on the website. Because if if that's not put together, then you you can it's a fair assumption that there may not be other things that are well put together, right? Yeah. It's it's just like it, it may just reflect how a program is run, right? Um, And then another thing I would actually, this is a less obvious question to ask, but I would ask about the culture of academics in, at that school and specifically um, for the student athlete population there and your sport specifically, because I have seen there are many different academics cultures slash academic support cultures um 
depending on which university you're at. And I have seen some universities that are more about, um, it's more like you have to go to tutoring. Did you go? Did you meet your hours? Did you finish this? It's, it's a little bit more strict. Um, whereas I would say the thing that I think is great about the academic support program at Berkeley is that we're firm about what the expectations are, but we're not, um, it's not a culture of, you're not, we're not treating you like you're in high school anymore. We're not going to chase you. We're not going to remind you to do your homework. That's not how we, that's not how we function. Um, we treat you as adults and all of our policies and all of our support are meant to help you grow. It's not meant to make you, um, make you feel like you're in high school still, like, or make you feel like your mom is reminding you to do X, Y, Z or your dad, whoever, it doesn't matter. But, um, our, our job is that we're really wanting you to develop and grow. And I've seen transfer students come to Berkeley, um, having been at another university where the academic culture was different. And I see them have a hard time because they don't, they're not used to being treated as an adult they're used to having someone tell them everything that has to be done. Yeah. So, and I would also question yourself and ask like, how do you best function? Because if you're someone who functions really well, when things are like super structured and um, where you need someone to remind you of something all the time, then that, that actually would be the best fit for you. But I would say what I'm really proud of at, at our program is that we're really trying to develop you and make you more independent so when you leave you got it and you know what you're doing yeah I love what you said there because there's so many parallels between finding a you know a baseball program that fits your specific Mm -hmm. needs and then finding that academic fit and so if I'm hearing you correctly it's really about understanding the details and understanding exactly how things are going to function and, and trying to match up and see whether that's a fit for what you need. And I, I love that. Well, definitely. I think you want to know, like, on a technical, like, day-to-day basis, what is what are the nuts and bolts yep. of the program you're entering? But then you also want to know on, like, a values level, do these values line up with my values? Because that's just as important if not more so there really is no bad question that you can ask as long as no as long as you're getting the information that you need to make an educated decision about what that academic fit looks like definitely and i i would say also i mean i've been on some i don't work with recruits but i've definitely interacted and been part of some of those activities and i would say obviously when you're a recruit the university, the coaches, everyone wants to, like, we're trying to show our best face to you. And so ask specific questions. Because if you ask me, how's your, how's your um, academic support program? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Like, we have five learning specialists. Um, and then, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop there. I would say, oh, okay, you have five learning specialists. That's awesome. So, um, who are the learning specialists working with and what is their caseload? And as a freshman coming in with, maybe you're going to have a really high GPA. 
as a freshman coming in with a 3-8, like, do I have access to a learning specialist or are they reserved only for students who come in with lower GPAs, right? So then, um, I mean, I just dig a little bit because everyone is going to tell you, yeah. they're going to tell you what they, what you want to hear. And so, um, investigate and figure out like what is what does that look like specifically um so you so you're just aware of what you're getting and what you're not getting too yeah i love that so i'm gonna ask you to to hit on that a little bit more because you know if academic support is a big deal for a recruit or parents in the recruiting process you know are there any major red flags that you know should cause them alarm you know, when they're talking to a coach or they're going on a campus visit where they should really, you know, step back and pause. I know you mentioned having a website that's put together and, and getting at some of those specifics, but is there any any major red flags that they should just stop dead in their tracks? Sure. Um, I think, hmm, that's a good question. I mean, this is, this is less about what a coach would say to you, but more about um, when you're on your recruiting trip, you're very likely going to meet other people on the team who go to that university. Um, so what I would do is like, I would just really see what their, how they talk about it and what their approach to academics is, because that's going to, that's, you're going to be able to see how they treat it, and that's going to give you a window into what the academic culture is. Because let's say, even if the, um, let's say there's a there's a pretty good academic support program, um, you are still going to be influenced by the academic culture on the team. Right. So that's pretty significant, and to maybe to more specifically answer your question. Um, I mean, that's, to be honest, that's hard for me to answer because I don't know the answer, but I would say that if you have questions that people are not able to answer for you, or if people are purposely staying on the surface and not um, explaining in depth, I mean, with recruiting and with anything in life, like right. that's kind of a red flag. Right. Um, so I think maybe in that case, the the best thing that you can do is ask yourself the important what are the important things that I need at a university, and then get them ready, write them down, or just note them mentally, and be able to um, ask coaches or wh whoever you're meeting with, ask people that, um, because the more specific your question is, the more, the more specific the answer or the more quickly that you realize they're not able to answer you and something's wrong. Yeah. Love that. That's great. Yeah. And great. Um, well, well handled question. I mean, sometimes it just <laughs> isn't, isn't a clear cut answer, right? But I think you're pretty sure. clear in, in, um, giving advice that's going to be crucial for, for players who are going through this process and parents who are going through this process. So thanks for that. Um, yeah, of course. So let's talk a little bit about student athletes with learning disabilities. So 
Um, you know, the research from National Center for Educational Statistics has shown that, you know, more than one in every 10 undergraduate students have a learning disability. So if I'm a, a prospective college baseball player, how can, and I have a learning disability, which ironically, I actually did as I was, mm -hmm. I was personally going through the recruiting process. Um, what can I do to make sure that a school has the appropriate resources and the support that can allow me to be successful? What are the additional steps that I need to take? Sure, definitely. Um, well, I, so most university, from what I understand, because I personally don't work in a disability resource center, I liaison mm -hmm. with them. Um, but from what I understand, at least in certain states, definitely in California, it's, and maybe every state, it's a law that there has to be support for students with disabilities. Um, so there's very likely going to be some support. You're just going to have to figure out what, what the quality of support is. Mm -hmm. Um, so can you, can you actually repeat the, the, uh, <laughs> core of the question? Yeah, I was, you know, um. <laughs> Just are there any additional steps that you'd recommend for a student athlete, a prospective student athlete with a learning disability that they should take to make sure, sure that the, you know, the school has the appropriate resources and support that they need? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so then, um, yeah, so, so what I did say earlier does fit in because what what is important to understand is most of almost all of the time the disability support will be outside of the academic support they're not the same office it's not the same program okay so you can you can go on a recruiting trip and they've got a great academic support program but that does not that is in no way reflective of what the disability support will look like and so when it comes to getting accommodations and that type of thing, that's yes. often run through a completely different. Route. Completely different. Okay. It's completely different. It's like they're a different office. They're funded totally different. It's just, it's separate. Um, and so I, I can speak on how things are at Cal Berkeley. Um, but we essentially you're you're going through this office and they'll be able to get you the accommodation so the questions that you want to ask or what you want to look into is um really a does this office exist at the university um and b how how what is the process what is the process to get registered and Actually, I would ask, like, how how close is the academic support program related with the disability support program? Because obviously most programs, all programs are going to have student athletes with needs for accommodations that have learning disabilities or what the NCA calls education impacting disabilities. So what you're saying is really get to the core of how academic support teams up with the, the Office of Student Disabilities or whatever that particular office is. Uh, yeah, exactly. And even if, um, 
it's not a bad sign if academic support doesn't work closely with disability resource centers. That's not a bad sign. You're not doomed. Um, but it is a good sign if they do work closely together because that means you're, you're going to have – sometimes you'll be with a learning specialist and they'll hand you off directly to a um, disability resource specialist. So it's going to be smoother. Um, so it's it's positive if it's a if it's a smooth relationship, but it doesn't mean it's bad if they're not working together closely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the good I, maybe the good and bad thing about the disability resource center being separate is that on your recruiting trip, you can just find time to walk into that center yourself and ask. You don't have to get that information through the filter of whoever you're meeting with in athletics. So what I would do is I would look up that center before the recruiting, before your recruiting trip and figure out if you're able to drop in, figure out if you can make an appointment and you could, you could try to see someone to ask at that time or at minimum, you can stop in and go to the front desk and just kind of get a feel and ask a few questions there. But um, you, yeah, you don't you don't need to go through. At least at Berkeley, you don't have to go through athletics to access them, which can be to your benefit. Yeah, it really can. And yeah, to be honest, you just need to you just need to find. What you're looking for in a disability resource center is that they, that they, um, I mean, maybe that's harder for me to comment on yeah. because I don't work within it, but their job really is to get you registered into their program, um, to make sure you get the accommodations you need. And if you don't get the accommodations, they're going to, they're going to have your back. They're going to follow up with professors to make sure that you're getting those accommodations. So to be honest, it's really, it's hard to know before you enter the university, but you can certainly ask the Disability Resource Center, you know, what happens if my accommodation is extra time on tests, but my professor says they're not going to grant it to me? What would you do? How would you help me? So you could certainly ask that question and see how they respond. Yeah, and I think you're getting at some really good points that, you know, no one, when you're in college, no one wants you to fail as a student athlete or yeah, as, a student, as a student in general. So you're going to have a lot of people supporting you, whether that's you know, academic support through your college athletics program, whether that's the disability services. So all these mm-hmm. people want you to have success. So um, I know we've talked about it in the past, but usually it falls on the student to disclose their disability. Um, and so that's, we've talked about how important of a step that is, is just being willing to, uh, seek out the help and and prepare ahead of time. Can you comment a little bit about, um, how that process typically plays out through your experience when you've had, uh, a student athlete on a team that you work with that has a, a disability and can you just comment a little bit or explain the way that that scenario usually plays out with them? you know, um, seeking out the help that they need? Yeah, definitely. Well, 
just to piggyback off of what you said, it it is so vital, it's so essential that um, you, the student, let us know that you have a learning disability because otherwise we're, um, we don't know, we don't know and we don't know how to help. So the first step is just like letting us know. Um, I would say the next step, if a student already has a diagnosed learning disability or ADHD, just making sure that you go and you get your documentation, that met those medical records to show that because you're going to need that in order to register with the Disability Resource Center. So um, what we what ends up happening is we'll have students let us know that that they're going to be needing support here and then we ask them to bring their documentation um, to get set up and then for me as a learning specialist I am helping the student navigate really the university so but in this moment it's the it's the disability resource center Um, so I would say the most important thing is getting that documentation first because sometimes it's a little bit hard to track down once you've already left your parents house or once you've already you know moved off to college it's it's much harder to you know go back home find your documentation or ask your parents hey do you still have this um do that before you leave and i think that will be that will be that'll make a big difference yeah so much of of what we're talking about can be done before you actually enroll at school, right? Oh, so, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can definitely have your, it, it always helps to have your ducks in a row and to have that. Um, basically, it's going to be a long form write out mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. talks about the diagnosis of the disability. And it often has to do with the testing that takes place to diagnose mm-hmm. disabilities. Um, and And so what you're saying is, you know, even before you enroll, you could check with the disability office to make sure that this is going to be sufficient so that when, exactly. you get, when you get to campus, it's just a seamless transition. Exactly. And I would do that as soon as possible because sometimes what I've seen happen is that students will bring their documentation to the disability center and they, they reject it. And they say, you know, like this is outdated or this was um, this was done, but it wasn't in depth enough for us to essentially honor it. So I think getting that documentation in as soon as possible is going to help because they may come back to you and say, "Oh yeah, you you know you had this you had this diagnosis when you were too young." And now we need an adult diagnosis. So you have to go back and do it all over again. If that's a step you have to take, you don't want to be in the middle of your first semester of college having to go at it without your documentation as well as go through the testing all over again, wait for the diagnosis. And and to be honest, if you don't, if you are having to retest, you may go a whole semester without document, or I'm sorry, without um, accommodations. 
right to be if it's if we're being realistic right it's it's a process that takes some time and so um again getting back to what you said earlier about you know red flags if you can't find out this information ahead of time it's you know that's something that that should give you some pause and and just being proactive i think is a general point that i i keep hearing in your answers which is you know obviously something that helps with everything not just the the academic support um so i want to give you a few fill-in-the-blank questions or open-ended questions sure um just to put you on the spot, you know, because <laughs> we haven't done it enough already. But uh, feel free to fill it in with one word or a complete thought. You know, what we really want to do with these questions is just give you the freedom to address anything that you think is important that we may have missed. So uh, are you ready for these? We'll, we'll have three of them. I think so. <laughs> All right. No, no pressure. Here's question one. A student athlete with an education impacting disability or learning disability should do blank during the recruiting process. Should figure out in where the disability resource center is, should go there, try to talk someone to, to someone and um, they should gather all of their documentation together. Actually before, if you could before, before you go on the recruiting trip because um, the academic support staff or the athletic staff may be able to uh, point you in the right direction. All right. Hit a home run on the first one. Let's see, <laughs> see if we can keep it going with number two. Okay. <laughs> As a student athlete with an education impacting disability, you should know that blank. You should know that. Hmm. Pretty wide open one right there. That's very wide open, which means anything could be right. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Okay, so so you should know that you should know that people at the university in general, they want to help you. But they're not going to know how to help you unless you say what you need. Awesome. And, that, and that means if they don't even know you have a learning disability, we don't know how. Like, we're not going to be able to help you. So let's um, express your needs. Let people know you can tell your – you can – a lot of times you can talk to your professor and you can talk to the academic support staff. So let us know what you need. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And I think in high school, you know, there there can be a stigma that, you know, people who are going to get help mm-hmm. academically or otherwise, you know, they're usually struggling, right? But at the college level, actually the the players that have the most success are the ones that are getting help before they're actually in trouble. And yeah, so exactly. I I mean, I think that's so important to stress, so I'm going to I will kind of re- you on it is that um, I see it as I see it very similar to having a personal trainer or having a coach like you don't want to wait until you don't want to wait until you're too weak to start lifting you got like you're doing it as you go so you can stay strong and so you can stay healthy so um, that's the same really with anything like you 
don't wait until something's wrong. Like if you're already, if you start in a good position and you keep it up that way, then there's nothing to fix and that there's no stigma. You're not in crisis. You're not failing your classes. You're just using the resource to have an edge over really people who don't want to use the resource or people who don't have, don't, who don't have it. Exactly. And I think it's important just to reiterate, you know, I said it earlier, more than one in every 10 undergraduate students has a learning disability and it's nothing that you should be ashamed of. And there's a reason why these support systems exist, um, you know, to, to allow you to be successful. So um, just to, to reiterate what you just said is, you know, get the help that you need. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's a lot of people in a similar situation. So, um, okay. And one more thing related to that <laughs> is um, there's, there's research that shows maybe you shouldn't quote me on it. Cause I read it when I was in grad school, but people can look this up, but there's um, uh, athletes are more likely. There's a higher diagnosis of ADHD in athletes. Um, and there's some research researchers who think it's it's really because it's like the way that you have to think as an athlete you like you as an athlete you're not just sitting in one place focused on one thing you have to be aware of your surroundings and you have to be quick to respond and that's that's the way your mind works probably makes you a very good athlete and then that also probably makes it a little bit harder to focus in other situations so if you see it this way, it's, you just kind of see it as like, it's a strength that in some situations gives you a huge advantage. And in other situations, it's just not as good of a fit, but it doesn't mean you can't be successful. You're just working with your strengths. All right. So there's some audience homework. If you're listening at home, yes, <laughs> look that up, count on the, count on the learning specialist to give you some homework, even on a podcast, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, exactly. Look, look it up. See if that's still true today. I See think. if it's true, because I don't want to. Um, I don't want to disseminate fake news. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Only the truth on the, the college baseball recruiting one hundred and one podcast. So. All right, we've got one more fill in the blank for you. This is another one that's pretty wide open, and cool. we've we've already talked about it a little bit. So hopefully that gives you some insight. But mm-hmm. question is. A student athlete with an education impacting disability should ask college coaches about blank. Um, Should ask college coaches about academic support specifically for students with learning disabilities or ADHD. Because even if you have a resource center that gives you... um, access to accommodations, et cetera. Um, You also want to know that you have the day-to-day or the week-to-week coaching or uh, I don't know if this is the best word to say it, but it's like you want the human support. You don't want just, okay, checked you off the list. You get your extra time. You get your separate testing room. So they should ask what actual, what support from staff is available to them. Looking at things more holistically than, than Definitely. checking boxes. Great. Definitely. All right. So we've got 
a ton of good information about academic support. I just have a few more questions for you before we let you run. Sure. Um, and I, I want to make these a little more general, just talking specifically about academic success and academic support. So, you know, you have a lot of high school players listening right now, a lot of high school parents. Mm-hmm. What should a high school student athlete do right now while they're in high school in order to prepare for, you know, the academic rigors of being a collegiate student athlete? Yeah. Um, well, what should they, so this, we're talking general, we're not talking students specifically with. Yeah. We're, okay. we're, what we're trying to do with this question is lean into your experience seeing student athletes have success at the college level at one of the, you know, the mm-hmm. best, the highest ranked academic Yes. universities in the country. So from what you've seen, what do you think can help high school student athletes prepare to have success, just generally speaking? Sure. Um, I think that, honestly, just being proactive is everything. So not waiting for someone to ask you to do something, not waiting for some reminder or direction to be given, but like maybe there isn't a clear deadline, so you should ask for it, right? Like don't wait on other people. You take the first step. If you don't know what the, what the first step is, ask. Because um, I think that's the biggest transition from high school to college is you're suddenly thrust into being an adult or let's say a semi-adult when you first get there. Um, and you want to be proactive and not wait on other people. I think that's going to be really helpful. And I think also um, being being aware of your time. And I wouldn't really say managing your time, but it's like just be aware of it. What if you – what I notice a lot of people transition to in college is that they're the open – the open – chunks of time they have are kind of at random times of the day and then they don't because it's not the same as high school where you just have the evening open um I noticed students in college don't know how to use the time um so I would say in high school just be aware of your time and how how you use it how do you make the best use of it and how much time do you waste? And that's totally fine too. Like it's good not to always be working. You don't want to do that, but just finding the right balance. Like, do I have enough time just to like relax, but am I also taking care of my business or am I waiting for people to remind me to take care of my business? Because honestly, that is as, as a learning specialist, as an academic support staff, I think what is, what, it can be frustrating for me is when I have to remind because you're you're an adult now and I to I know your coaches they don't want to treat you like a kid they don't want to remind you they're going to tell you something one time and you're responsible for it yeah and I think a good uh, you know a good point to to piggyback up off of what you said is you know when you get to college you might your, your chunk of time to do your homework, the best chunk of time may be in the morning or it may be 
in the middle of the day because you might have lifting at night or you might have a night practice definitely or, or individual work you might be traveling for a game you might be having to do work on the bus so i i think that's a really good point that you bring up is just being aware of your time and and understanding you know how to schedule things out and how to um, you know, project and look into the future and, and make sure that you're staying on top of things. So yeah. again, yeah. crushing, crushing these conversations, yes. <laughs> crushing the questions. Awesome. Uh, you're, you're almost through the ringer here. I've got okay. one more question for you. And, and this is something that we've started to do recently with all our guests. And basically it's just an open mic for you to talk about anything that you feel is important that we haven't covered. Uh, again, you have an audience of high school baseball players and parents who are listening to this. Do you have any final words of wisdom or, or anything that you really want them to know about academics, academic support services, or any of the topics that we've we've discussed? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think maybe I'll have I have some words directed towards students and then some directed towards parents so I think for to direct it towards students I would say um, that it's a it's a big transition to move from high school to college and just just like just know just be ready for that it's just a it's a transition and it's honestly probably going to be one of the funnest um, times of your life, despite how hard it is at times. So as much as you can remember in times that are challenging or times that you really have no idea what to do, because it's the first time you've ever had to do that. If you can remember, like, you know, this is hard, but this is a good time of life. Like this is a this is a great opportunity. I'm playing baseball here. I'm going to school here. I'm in college, whatever. Um, I think that's just something, something to remember. And also, I mean, if you slip up, if you make mistakes, if you fail, it's whatever, like that happens. That's really part of college and part of life. And I think the best part about college is that you're, you're there and it's like a time for you to experiment and to test and to make mistakes, to figure out what fits and what doesn't, what works, what doesn't. So um, just kind of be open to the experience and know that sometimes it's going to be hard and that's, that's okay. It's fine. Um, I would say maybe speaking to parents, they, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a, what I have seen in my job is that, that it's a really big transition time for parents too because you've gotten used – I mean, you've raised your kid their entire lives. You care so much about them. You want them to do well, and this is the first time where it's, it's not um, maybe in your control. Like you can't protect them from something. Um, and that is a really big transition. But I think what I've seen is that, you know, sometimes students, sometimes kids just have to figure it out. And it doesn't mean you can't be there. It doesn't mean you can't help them. But, like, 
they sometimes they just have to figure it out. And so I think when I've seen parents who are able to support, but know when to stand back and know when to let their kid, let their student figure it out. I've seen that really help the student build their confidence to know that they can do it um, without the help of mom or dad. Um, and the more confidence that your son or daughter is building is um, the more things that they'll be able to do. So to parents, just it's a transition as well. Be patient with that. But as much as you can, try to trust trust um, that you did, a, you raised them right and that they can figure it out and they know what to do. Love that. Hitting them over the head with yes. a heavy dose of, of perspective <laughs> to close things out. Awesome. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think those are some really good points. And um, I think we've covered a lot here and I think there's still some, some meat on the bone that maybe we could bring you back. Sure. Of course. For, an, for another episode at some point down the line and, uh, maybe have you share some of your stories from your time, <laughs> uh, you know, your many years doing this work, but we definitely appreciate you coming on the podcast and, and helping out with the academic side, which we know is, you know, the reason why they're going to college in the first place. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the college baseball recruiting one hundred and one podcast brought to you by keep playing baseball. As always, if you need more information on the recruiting process or how to play college baseball, you can find that for free on our website, www.keepplayingbaseball.org. We're also very active on social media. That's at KeepPlayingBB on Twitter, KeepPlayingBaseball on Facebook, and at KeepPlayingBaseball on Instagram. If you've enjoyed this podcast, Please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review, or at least tell your friends. We provide all this information for free because we want to help you get to the next level. If you're interested in a partnership or sponsorship in underwriting some of the Keep Playing Baseball content on our website, or being the title sponsor or running ads on our podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to keepplayingbaseball at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to this episode, and we look forward to catching you on the next one.